Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is Sunday, November 13th of 2022, and we're celebrating the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Today's Gospel comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Today, as we celebrate the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, our liturgical year is drawing to a close. In fact, next week we'll celebrate the Solemnity of Christ the King, and the Sunday after that will already be the beginning of Advent, the start of a new liturgical year. And it's for this reason that the Church asks us to think about and to meditate upon the end times, the end of history, which is what Christ speaks about in today's Gospel. This whole year that we've been going through, known as Year C in the three-year cycle, presents us with Luke's Gospels on Sunday. And so it's appropriate that here, as the year winds down, we're given Luke's gospel account of Jesus's words regarding the end times. Now, today's gospel principally concerns the time that comes after the destruction of the temple until the end of the world. Again, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So for us, it's a past event. But for Jesus's listeners, it would have been still a future, but approximate future event. But that's why if we heard today's gospel and we thought that maybe this text had been written specifically for us, in fact, we'd be right. Christ intends this gospel for us because it's, he's making reference to the things that take place after the destruction of the temple and before the world ends. So we need to examine, how can we apply this to our lives? Well, today's first reading and gospel together offer us an opportunity to meditate on how the present form of the world is passing away, as St. Paul writes to the Corinthians in his first letter. What exists now is passing and fleeting. 
In a particular way, Jesus' prophecy regarding the destruction of the temple reminds us that the things of this world, especially the physical ones, will all pass away, no matter how stable or how beautiful they appear. Likewise, Christ tells us about escalating tribulations. These words are meant to prepare us for the difficulties that are to come. So today, let's consider two things. What are the difficulties that are to come? And second, how are we to respond to them? What are the challenges facing us? And what are the way that Christians are supposed to answer them? So regarding the first, Christ tells us that before all this happens, meaning the end of the world, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. Those are direct words from the mouth of Jesus. This sounds extreme. I mean, do we really think things will get that bad? Well, on the one hand, Christ tells us this is the case, and so we believe him. He knows. It's not like his words were a one-time discourse, and then we just forget about it. Indeed, Christ brings up the topic of persecution and suffering for the kingdom of God time and again. Earlier in Luke's gospel, we were told, Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. So if we don't experience any sort of resistance or any sort of objection to our faith, then we really need to ask ourselves, how am I living? Do people even know that I'm a Christian, that I'm a Catholic? And again, this doesn't mean showing off. It doesn't mean offending people, right? Rather, it means to live coherently. To profess one thing with our mouths, and then to profess the same thing with our actions and the way we live it. An incoherent faith is very comfortable for the world. An incoherent faith, well, I say one thing and I do another, that, that arouses no hatred or persecution. But a faith that's lived out, even in the smallest and most insignificant moments of daily life, now that is what garners the world's scorn and hatred. Persecution shows us what we're made of. It tells us how firm our hearts are set on Christ. And he even tells us persecution will lead to us giving testimony. Why is that? Because by means of persecution and by means of our reaction to it, we bear witness to the one who gives us strength. So that brings us to the second point. Well, how are we to respond as Christians and as Catholics? What should our answer be in the face of persecutions? Well, Christ tells us two things. First, trust in God. And second, Perseverance. Trust and perseverance. Regarding the first, Christ tells us, Remember, you are not to prepare your defense beforehand. For I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. Trust in God means believing that he'll provide for us. And there's something interesting in that word, remember. Remember. You are not to prepare your defense beforehand. It's as though Christ wants to tell us, Look, I've told you this before. I've told you time and again not to worry or be concerned. I will provide. I became man to help you and to save you, to get you to heaven. I know how difficult it is. Because I've lived through suffering and persecution. 
I've experienced it myself. Don't forget that. A holy man of modern times who lived out this truth was Father Walter Cizek. He's now the servant of God. He was a Jesuit priest who volunteered to serve secretly in Russia. Well, eventually he was discovered and imprisoned for many years. He was sent to labor camps and eventually to Siberia. But there's a beautiful, a beautiful part in one of his books where he says he had been relying on his own strength just to be able to resist the interrogations, to resist everything. But finally, he reached a point where he broke down and he signed a false confession. And once he did that, then the communists tried to have him sign more documents and become a counter-spy. He said, I was given a choice, cooperate or be executed. He said, I had been at this point before I had signed my confession. I was powerless to cope with it anymore. I was afraid. In fear and trembling, I cried out, and suddenly I was consoled, and the turmoil calmed, as I remembered Christ's agony in the garden, his words of surrender, your will, not mine, be done. He surrendered and was embraced by his father. He was lifted up. And he said, now the way was clear. Follow him, join him. Alone, I was too powerless. But as I let go of my will and fears and surrendered, at that moment, I was set free. I saw clearly what I must do. Abandoned myself totally to God's providence. And I did it. I crossed over letting go of all control of my life ahead. And then he says something beautiful. That one decision has affected every subsequent moment of my life. A wave of confidence and happiness warmed my entire body. I had been to the tomb of death, and now I was resurrected in Christ. I was still in prison, but not imprisoned by myself. I felt relieved of all responsibility for future outcomes. He leadeth me. I told my interrogator that I was willing to do whatever they proposed. I was perfectly relaxed and detached, and he knew I had changed, but didn't know why. When the document to be a KGB counter-spy was put before me, I looked him in the eye, smiled, and simply refused to sign. By surrendering to God, I had finally won the freedom to say no. God chose Siberia for me, and so did the KGB. So be it. This is the sort of trust we have to have in God. We need to work, but to trust that he'll provide for us. He's told us, you will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. This trust, in turn, should help us to persevere, that is, to keep up the faith even in difficult moments. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Imagine for a moment that a sports team was losing the game terribly. But if somebody could look into the future and say, but no, in the end, I know our team wins this game. We just have to make a, a huge effort now and we'll win. Trust me, guarantee our victory is guaranteed. Well, just imagine how hard the team would try. Something could be similar of our case. No matter how difficult things seem, the victory belongs to God and to those who are His. That is, to us. We just need to work 
and to trust in God. Today we can ask ourselves how we're living. Is the faith we profess with our mouths the same as the way we live? Are we trusting in God, working out our perseverance? Through the intercession of Mary, Queen of all saints, let's ask for the grace to live lives that are coherent and to trust in God so as to receive the greatest gift of all, which is the gift of perseverance, to make it to heaven.